Okay, so we're up to Daf Samach Tas, page 69 in Yuma, and we're on the second line at the two dots at the Kovan. The Gemara ended off by telling us that the Kaihanim would be allowed to fold up the Big Day Kahuna of Yom Kippur and put their head on it. And we're Gemara now is going to get into this discussion about whether that actually is possibly true, whether they were permitted to benefit with their garments in this way. And as we're going to see, ultimately, uh, as far as the halacha of benefiting from the garments in this way, by leaning one's head on it, it would be permitted. However, there's going to be a completely separate issue that's going to stand in our way, and that is the issue of shotness, because there is an opinion, the Gemara is going to point out, that the garments were made out of linen, but the belt itself was made out of wool. So if it was permitted to have the linen and wool during the avoda, that's okay. If the Torah says it's okay to wear shotness, then okay. But to go ahead and, and then use it for warmth and keep it under your head, you're going to have an issue. It's not the avoda. You're going to have a shotness issue, which is a separate issue from uh, getting hana. All right? So that's going to be the first sugya that we, uh, that we learned together. Here we go. Second line. They would, the Kayangada would take off his garments, fold it up, put under, and the Kayanaka put under their head. Shmami, no, you see from here. Big day kahuna, nidnuli hanis behem. You're allowed to gain benefit from big day kahuna, because you're allowed to use it for your sleeping when you're not doing the avayda. Amar of Papa, Papa says, no, not necessarily. It doesn't mean that they folded their clothes and put it directly under their heads. We're getting direct benefit. No, it means they were able to fold it and put it right next to their heads. Amar of Mishashia, Mishashia says, If we're going to say you're allowed to benefit from the big day kahuna next to their heads, this would also be teaching me another halacha, which is that even though you're not allowed to rest your head on your tefillin, but if the tefillin are right alongside your head, that is going to be allowed. There could be a number of issues of having the tefillin right beside your head. Maybe you'll roll over on it, and that's disrespectful. The person might pass gas uh, next to it that also um, would possibly. possibly uh, be an issue, but ultimately we say both of these are not concerns. If as long as you're not resting your head directly on it, it would be allowed. It says the Gemara, and it makes sense that when we said the halacha, the kahanim folding up their garments and putting it under their heads, it really means next to their heads. That's more logical to say that. Why? If you're going to say they actually put it under their heads, uh oh, you have a biblical transgression coming your way. Oh no, we got shotness. Because the belt can be wool, according to some opinions. Even though, even if the kahanim would be permitted to get benefit from the actual big day kahuna, as far as the halacha of the clothing is concerned, they will still have an issue of hamashani miklayim. They're still they're benefiting from shatnis, and that would be a separate issue. And the Gemara explains that not everybody agrees the belt was made out of wool. Which would be uh, it's the same type of belt, so then it would also be made out of linen. You wouldn't have a problem. was a different type of belt, and this one was made out of wool and linen. You're going to have a problem, okay? And therefore, it must be that you're putting your head on the side of the garments. Therefore. Uh, there would be no issue of shotness. That's where we stand right now. All right? So says the Gemara, one second. 
Says Gemara, one second. How do we know that the prohibition of shotness is to lay your head on it? Maybe it's only prohibited to wrap yourself in shotness, as like a garment for warmth. Who says that it's usher to lay your head on shotness? Who says that's a transgression? Maybe we'll say that it's only a transgression to wear shotness. But to lay on shotness, or let's say to sit on a bench that has shotness on it. You're sitting on a train, and then you realize, hey, the, the seat has shotness. Is that a transgression or not? Maybe it's permitted to lay on shotness. You can't put shotness on you. But it's mutter to put underneath you. However, say, you know what, don't do that. Because there's a very fine line between being on something and something going on you. Right? What if you sink in too far? Onto the shotness. So now it's like you're wearing it. You're not sitting on it, you're wearing it. Or the example the Gemara is giving over here is what if one strand of shotness wraps around uh, the finger of a person? Right? So then you're going to run into an issue. But the Misa. Biblically, it's permitted to sit on it, on shotness. You can't wear it, but you're biblically permitted to sit on it. But the Chum say, even sitting on it is not allowed. Okay? So, therefore, whether you're wearing the garment, uh, therefore, wh- whether you're wearing garments or even when you're laying your head, you're going into a shotness problem. Hence, the Kohanim would not be allowed to lay their heads directly on the big day Kahuna. What if you say, hey, you know what it means that the Kahanim are allowed to fold up the garments, rest their head on it, not directly on it, but you should lay out a towel. And that's a, and that would be allowed. Says Gemara, no, that also is not allowed. And he was quoting the holy Kahal, the holy congregation of Yerushalayim. Even if you have you know, a bunch of things laying out on top of the shotness who climb tachtem, but the shotness all the way on bottom, that's eichid a problem. It's still a problem. Also, lishan alayim. So, therefore, elav shmamino, keneged rashayim shmamino. You see from here, it must be that when we say that they put their heads on it, it doesn't mean they put their heads directly on it when they laid down because that would be a shotness problem. Rather, what it means is they would put their heads next, they would put it on the, alongside their head. Okay. So, again, what do we have so far? Just two steps in a nutshell. We said that the Kahanim would fold their garments and put it under their heads. The Gavara says, you see from here that under their heads cannot be, literally under their heads, it must be on the side. Why? Otherwise you'll have a shot in this problem. Okay, fine. Ravashi Yom Ravashi argues. Ravashi says, no. When we say that they could fold it and put it under their heads, it does not mean alongside. It means literally they're permitted to put it, fold it up and put it underneath their heads. But aren't you going to have the rabbinical transgression of getting benefit from Klayim? Guess what? The only times the Rabbanon forbid sitting on Klayim, and this is how we'll explain it according to some of the Rishonim. Okay, we'll just translate it like this. There's a whole discussion how to translate this. But we'll translate it that when it comes to wearing Klayim, it's usher to wear no matter what. When it comes to sitting on Klayim, it, it's only forbidden, the rabbis only forbade sitting on shotness that was soft and comfortable. But something that's hard, 
would be allowed. That when you have hard cloth, such as the cloth of Neresh, it would be allowed. And therefore, even the big day kahuna, even if it would have shotness, you're not going to have a shotness problem. Why? It's under your head. It's not comfortable. It's hard. And in such a case, rabbinic shotness is allowed. Okay. Says the Gemara, we now have a machlaikis. Two ways to view this. One opinion is that they would fold up their, gar- their garments and put it alongside their heads. Ravashi says they would fold up their garments and put it directly underneath their heads and there's still no shotness issue. Says the Gemara, let's try to see who's right. Big day kahuna, hayyitz mehem la Medina aser. Person who goes out and wears big day kahuna outside of the base of Mikdash, it's forbidden. Uba Mikdash, however, inside the base of Mikdash, bein b'shas avayda, bein shloy b'shas avayda, mutter. As long as you're in the base of Mikdash, even if you're not doing the avayda right now, it's permitted to wear these garments, even though it's shotness. Rebnesha, big day kahuna, nitnu lehanes vahem. Because big day kahuna are meant to be allowed to benefit shmamina. You learn from here that the kahanim stamazai were permitted to benefit from the uh, from the big day kahuna. Okay, therefore, now it's interesting because what Gemara is coming out with is you see that there's no iser of meila if you use it for your personal benefit. However, as far as the shotness is concerned, we still have a discussion. We still have this machlekes about whether it would be permitted to wear it, not at the time of the Avaida, inside the Beis HaMikdash, period. Okay, says the Gemara, outside of the Beis HaMikdash, is it not permitted to wear the Big Day Kahuna Vatana, but we learned in the Brisa, Presich Misha B'Teves, Yaima Grizim, on the 25th day of Teves, it is called Hargerizim, we're going to tell a beautiful story, a fascinating story. On this day, you're not allowed to give a hespid. Somebody passes away and there's a funeral on the 25th day of Kislev, you don't give a eulogy. Because the Kusim, they tried having Alexander the Great, Alexander Mokton, destroy the Beis HaMikdash. When his son, and he listened to them, he was going to listen to them. However, listen to this story. They came and told Shimon HaTzadik, who was the Kaingado for over 40 years. And they told him what's going on. The Kusim are getting Alexander to go and destroy Yerushalayim. Ma'asa, what does Shimon HaTzadik do? Lofash big day kahuna, big day kahuna. So he wrapped himself in big day kahuna, umayakiri Yisrael imayi, and he set out with Chashva, people of Kaisa, with him, avukah them, they helped torches. So he had the two sides, Alexander Mokton and the Kusim coming towards Yerushalayim, and the Kaingadol along with his other Chashuva people walking out of Yerushalayim, and they were on their way to meet this army that's coming to destroy. This happened until it was dawn. Once dawn came, Omar Lehem, um, Alexander said to the Kusim, who are these people that are coming towards me? Omar they said to him, Yehudim Shamar These are the people who, who are rebelling and you should be killing. Once he reached an area of Antipotres, they got closer, the sun was shining, and they were able to see each other. They encountered each other. When Alexander saw Shimon Atzadik, 
He got out of his rechav, he got out of his chariot, and he bowed down. This Shimon HaTzadik, who he's out to kill, and is considered the Kusum we're claiming, was rebellious. Alexander gets down and starts bowing down to him. Oh, the Kusum are in trouble now. They were telling Alexander, this is a bad guy. All of a sudden, Alexander's bowing down to the person that they want to kill. Amrulai! So the Kusum said to him, Melech Godlo a great ruler is bowing down to this simple Jew. Omar Lahem Alexander said to them, You should know a picture of Shimon HaTzadik. Comes before me in all of my wars. Omar Lahem Lama Bosam. Meaning, before every battle, he says, I see a vision of Shimon HaTzadik in my dream. He says to Shimon HaTzadik, Lama Bosam, why are you coming to greet me? Omru, Efshar Baishim, Espalim Ba'ilachav Al-Machus V'Shaytechrav, our dear Alexander, you know what the Beis HaMikdash is? Beis HaMikdash is a place where we daven that your country and your kingdom does not get destroyed. And you're going to have People who worship idols are going to convince you to destroy this building that is here for your own personal benefit. Omar Lahem Mialalu, he said, which people? These people who are coming with you are telling you to destroy the building that we're standing and davening for you daily. Omar Lahem. Alexander says to Shimon Atzadik, take them, take the kusum, do what you want with them. They took spears and they pierced them and they they hung them from the tails of the horses. And they dragged them over bushes till they reached Hagrizim, which was the, where the Beis Hamikdash of the Kusim. That was where their headquarters were. Once they got to Hagrizim, they did to it what they tried doing. To the base and because we were protected on that day, they turned the twenty-fifth day into a yomtiv. Why are we bringing down this whole story? Because what did Shimon Atzadik do? He wore the big day kahuna and he walked outside of Yerushalayim to greet Alexander. So you see, Kohanim are permitted to wear big day kahuna outside Yerushalayim. Says the Gemara, no, not a good idea, not a good proof. You know why? Two answers. Maybe all it means is that Shimon Atzadik put on clothing that looked like Big Day Kahuna were going to be used as Big Day Kahuna, but they weren't yet holy as Big Day Kahuna. Or you could say, listen, Klai Yisrael was in danger. And when Klai Yisrael is in danger, you go and do and put on clothing, even though usually it's not allowed. Right? Somebody's in danger on Shabbos, so you go drive them to the hospital. Klai Yisrael was in danger. The base of Mikdash is in danger from the Kusim, and therefore... Shimon HaTzadik felt that this was what needed to be done in order to protect Ka Yisrael was to put on the Big Day Kahuna when he met Alexander. Period. End of that question and answer. Uh, another interesting idea, by the way, uh, that came out of this story is that in appreciation for what Alexander did, Shimon Atzadik said that all of the Jewish boys um, 
that are born the next year will be named Alexander uh, in, uh, in gratitude, which is why nowadays the name Alexander is considered a Jewish name. Right? Sometimes people have their Jewish name and then a separate legal name. Alexander, ever since the time of this story, is considered to be a Yiddish Anuman. It's considered to be a Jewish name because of the promise that Shimon HaTzadik made to Alexander. Otherwise, it's a Greek name. Right? It's, it's not a name that, uh, that stems from anywhere in Judaism. But because of this story, so you could have somebody named Yehuda and somebody named Alexander. And that's both their, Alexander's considered, you call Yamaid Alexander, that's a perfectly fine Jewish name ever since this incident. Okay, next part of the Mishnah. Here we go. Three lines to the bottom of Samach Desimut Aleph, Chazan HaKnesset, Lezevotere. The Chazan of the Knesset, the Shamish of the Beis HaMikdash, yeah, we would take the Sefer Torah, bring it to the sister Kain Gadol, brought the Kain Gadol. Shvami no Chokin Kovat Hamidei L'Talmud Mokam You see that as long as you're working up in the hierarchy, you're allowed to give honor to a student in front of the Rav. Because in front of the Kohen Gadol, they gave him first the Sitzh Kohen Gadol to give him honor, and then afterwards went to the Kohen Gadol. Um, Rabbi, no, Kulo Mishim Kodesh Kohen Gadol. You're not really showing COVID to the assistant Kohen Gadol. You're, the whole thing is just a way to keep adding COVID until it finally gets to the Kohen Gadol. Surely the entire time you're just showing COVID to the Kohen Gadol by moving it up towards him. The Kohen Gadol, I mean, the Kohen Gadol then stands up and takes the Torah. It seems that if the Kohen Gadol is now standing, beforehand he was sitting. I, how could he be sitting? But we learned in the Mishnah, top of Amad Beis, in Yeshiva Bazara, no one's allowed to sit in the Azara, unless they're a king from Malchus Beis came And he sat in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So what's the Kohen Gadol doing sitting? The Kohen Gadol was sitting there as and there, Avada, it's permitted to sit. We're not dealing with the Azara. Where do we have the statement of Rav Chista? Aha, Meisvei, when it has to do with the following question. The Tanya, because we learned in a Bryce. Heichan Karimboi, where did they begin reading the Torah from? So Ba'azara, in Azara, Rabbi Lezben Yaakovay, Mary Bahara, Bayis. They said that they took, the, the reading took place in Azara, Ba'azara, Bayis, Shnem Aviyikra, Boi Lefnei Arachoyv, Asher Lefnei Shar Hamayim. I'm sorry, so now where do we start reading? The question was, in what location did we start Kriyas HaTayra? In what place did the Torah reading start from? Not what place in the Torah, what place in, on the Harabayas did we start reading? So Rabbi Lezben Yaakov says, but on the Harabayas, Yomar of Chista, and of Chista says, but Ezra's Noshim. He says that the Torah reading happened in the Ezra's Noshim. So this is where we have the opinion where of Chista saying this whole, oh, this whole thing took place in Ezra's Noshim, and that's why the Kohen Gadol was sitting. Okay. By Yevarech Ezra's Hashem Alekim Now that we quoted the Pasuk of Ayikra Bailefnei so the Sukkim continue, and they say, and Ezra gave them a gave by Baruch Ezra Hashem Alekim Agod. And Ezra blessed Hakadosh Baruch Hu, my Godol. What does that mean? That he used the Shema Mafarish, the explicit name of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, in his bracha. Use that name. Rav Gidol Amar. Rav Gidol says Baruch Hashem Alekim Yisol Menoylam Menoylam. That the 
the bracha that Ezra used was Hashem, the source of all blessing, and the Ke Yisrael min ha'olam, ba'ad ha'olam, from this world until the next world. Amalei Abayi l'Rav Mari, l'Rav Dimi. Abayi says to Rav Dimi, v'dil Moshe Gidlu b'Hashem ha'mafayrish. Maybe it just means like the first opinion that we said. Hainol means ra'olam ad ha'olam. Maybe it just means that he used the explicit name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Amar lei, e'noim r'shem ha'mafayrish b'gvulim. No. Since Ezra was not in the Kaidesh, and he was only in the Ezra's Nashim, so he wouldn't use this Shem HaMafersh. He wouldn't use the the uh, explicit name. So rather he would say, Baruch Hashem Lai, okay, from this world to the next world. Says the Gemara of really? Ezra never used Hashem's explicit name outside of the Kaidesh, outside of the Kaidesh or the Azara. Voksiv, Ayamid Ezra Sefer Al Migdal Eitz Asher Osul Adavar, Viyamar of Gidlo, Shed Gidlo Bishem HaMafersh. What do you mean it was a great place? Because he said Hashem's great name, even though it was outside of the Azara. So Gemara says, Hirasha, Hirasha. That particular situation was a Hiraas Sha'a, meaning there was Taurus and Klai Yisrael, the Yitzhahara was too strong in conquering Klai Yisrael. And therefore, Ezra felt it was a special, unique circumstance to use the Shem Hamafirish, the explicit name at that time. But outside of that unique circumstance, the Shem Hamafirish was not used. Outside of the Azara. Okay, let's keep going in the Psukim from Ezra Nehemiah. And they cried out to Hashem, My Amor. What did they cry out and say? Either Rav or Abiechen and say, They said, Bia Bia, which is like Oive, backwards. Yeah? The one that destroyed the base of Mikdash. And burnt the Hechel. And allowed all the Tzadikim to be killed. Killed all the Tzadikim. And sent Kaisal out of our land into Golos. And is still dancing among us. Okay? Now this is talking about when Ezra went out to the Ezra's Nashim to daven at the Yitzhahara on idols, which is why nowadays we don't have a Yitzhahara for idols because Ezra had the Yitzhahara removed. It's very hard for us to fathom people serving idols that say made in China on bottom. You know what he bound down to? That David the is completely removed. That Taiba has been gone. Yeah, why does Hashem give us this Yitzhahara? For us to receive reward? Well, guess what? We prefer to not have this challenge and not receive the reward. And a petek, a piece of paper, came down from Shemayim, on it was written, MS, where Hashem says what you're saying is true, and from here on forth, there's no longer going to be a taiva, a desire for idol worship, for idolatry. Amar Rav Chanina, Rav Chanina says, Shmamina, you learn from here, Chaysamesh Kaddish Baruch Hu Emes. That if you ever want to know how Kaddish Baruch Hu signs off on things, it is with the word Emes. Okay. They fasted for three days and three nights. Misaru Nialayu. And the Yitzhahara was brought to them. Um, to be wiped out. Nafak Asa Kigoria Denura. 
and in, uh, it came out of fire, the what looked like a young lion. Me base kaidche hakadoshim from the kaidesh hakadoshim. Omar lohu navi the Yisrael, and the navi said to Yisrael, "Hainu yitzar the vayz gecham." This lion coming out of the kaidesh hakadoshim that is the yitzahara of idol worship. Shnemar v'yemer zois harisha, and he pointed to these lions. This lion, he said, this is the one causing the rishos, the averas. Bahadi did tafsu They grabbed it. Ishtimit binasa mimazia. And as they grabbed it, some of the binisa, some of its um, fur came out of its mazia, came out of its mane. Urimakala. And it lifted its voice. Vaazakale arba ma'o parsi. And it could be heard. For 400 parsim. Okay? So we're dealing with, uh, oh gosh, 2,000 amnas times 400. Okay? Do the math. Amru, <laughs> they said, Echinavit, what should we do? Here it goes, Baruch is going to have Rachmanis on this lion. Amru, the Navi says, How do we make sure it's permanently gone? So the Navi said, Take the lion and throw it into a uh, in a hole filled with lead. The Avra Mishav Shaiv Kala, because then uh, the lead is going to block out its noise. Okay, um, I will explain what what's going on here in a moment. What's going on? So what's going on is like this. Remember we said the hair, uh, the fur, and the hair fell off of its mane. So that represents there was still a little bit of Yitzhahara left even after HaKadosh Baruch who said that it was gone. So this little bit that was left, also this is what the Navi is saying, that that uh, we should cast that away as well to completely rid ourselves of all elements of the Yitzhahara. Amru, and the, and they said, since it's an Yitzhahara, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, has listened to our tefillahs and has gotten rid of the Yitzhahara for Avodah Zarah. Let's also daven that nobody should have desires for immorality. Okay? What we refer to as the, the sexual desire. Bo Rachmei they daven v'imser be'dai because Baruch said no problem. I'll get rid of that too. Amra Amar Lehu Chazu di'ikatlinu le'lahu Kalya Alma, you should know, says the Yitzhahara of immorality to Kalya Zayishro, if you get rid of me, there's no more world because no one's going to have a desire, um, genders are not going to have a desire to have relations, and therefore there won't be any children. Chavashuhu Tlasayaymin. So they didn't know what to do. So they said, okay, we're going to put you in prison for three days. Ubo biyosab hasyuma b'chol and during those three days, so it was now in prison, which means the Yitzhahara couldn't, couldn't, you know, create any sort of seduction for any sort of mating anywhere in the world. So while it was in prison, the Chachamim went around and looked to see whether any animals were mating, whether any eggs were being laid. And it totally dried up. Okay? No eggs. Amri, they said, what are we going to do? Niktalei, if we get rid of it, Kalya Alma, people will stop having children. 
Should we say, should we daven that half of the Yitzhahara, part of the Yitzhahara should be gone and part of it will still be around? There's no such thing. That we don't have the power to do. So what they did was, is they poked out its eyes and they let it go. And what this does is, or if they help by poking out the eyes, is that at least people don't have a natural desire for incest. But there's desires for uh, for everybody else. In other words, we just have to live with this Yetzirah. And this is going to be, you know, the reward that we need to do, that, that we need to struggle through. But at least fascinating Gemara. At least there's no more any natural desire for incest. Anybody who has that desire is because they brought it on themselves with their own uh, with their own mind. But it's, it's no longer a natural feel. They taught the following. And this that Rav Masna says seems to fall in line with Rabbi Shuvah Levi. Rabbi Shuvah Levi. Rabbi Shuvah Levi says, Why are these men called the Anshik and Right towards the end of the second base on Mikdash. Why are they called Anshik and Because they restored the crown of Akadish Baruch Hu and the crown of Taira to its original place. Also, Maisha Amar, because Maisha had come and said, there's uh, strangers that are karkarin. Karkarin means like they're just calling out inside of the heichol, meaning there's going to be goyim who are dancing through the Beis Hamikdash after it is destroyed. Where's their, Where's the fear of Hashem's place? And therefore, he left, since there was no nairaisav, there was no fear of the place, he left out the word nairah. Also, Daniel Omar, Daniel came along and he said, that you have nochrim, you have strangers that are putting Kal Yisrael into servitude. Where is the gvura of Hakadosh Baruch Hu that he's allowing all this to happen? So Loyamar Gibor. So he took out the word Gibor. Also in Amru, and now the Anshek Nesagdela came and said, No, the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows the Goyim to be walking around the base of Mikdash that's destroyed, and the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows Klai Yisrael to be in Golis is itself a sign of greatness. The greatness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has patience with all sorts of terrible things that happen in this world. Yeah? The fact that Kali Yisrael is even in existence and remains in existence and the patience of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, even more so shows HaKadosh Baruch Hu's greatness and therefore they said which is what we say in Shemayna Esrei for Rabbanon and the Rabbanon Hechi of the Hachi the Ikri Takana Ditzkim Maisha the original Rabban who took out these words how could they take out words that Maisha Rabbeinu himself used to represent HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Because they knew Hakadosh Baruch Hu is the ultimate MS. Remember, the stamp of Hakadosh Baruch Hu is MS. Therefore, they didn't want to speak anything that's sheker about Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, if these things, if these words, uh, weren't, did not continue to be true, they felt that they, 
should take out, uh, should, should remove these words from tefillah. But the Anshayi Knesset had a reason to put them back in. Period. End of that Gemara. And we now begin the last Gemara on today's daf, which will take us to the top line of tomorrow's daf. Here we go. We said in the Mishnah, Where does the Kohen Gadol read in the Torah? The Parsha of Acharemais and Ach Ba'asar. Frek the Gemara. Rabbeinu's contradiction. Medalgim ben Navi. How can you skip in Torah from one section to another? You're only allowed to skip in Navi. Medalgim ben So how's the Kohen Gadol allowed to skip from Acharemais to Ach Ba'asar? Answer the Gemara like Kasha. There's no question. Kam b'kadeshi yafsek hamatorgamon. Kam b'kadeshi lo yafsek hamatorgamon. Okay? You're only not allowed to skip if when the way that it worked is the reader of the Torah would read and then somebody would translate it into the common language. By the time the translator was done, the reader was allowed to skip, but he couldn't keep skipping once the interpreter had finished. Then that's when he had to start. So over here, they skipped, but they made sure that they were up to the new place by the time the Maturgamon finished. I have a lot of but we learned about that mission of Medalgam and Navi, Vim Medalgam Betaira, Barkam and Medalik. How long do you let us skip in Navi? Because they say, Yavsekam and Torgam It seems in Navi you're allowed to skip until the interpreter finished, and then you got to start. But Batera seems you're not allowed to skip at all. Amar Abai, Abai says, like Kasha, there's no question. Kan be inyan echod, kan be shnei inyan. In the Torah, you're allowed to skip as long as there's a Torgamon when you're on the same topic. We're not allowed to skip from one section. To the next. I have a title. We learned in the Brisa, Medalgim B'Torah B'Ninach. You could even skip in one topic in the Torah, B'Navi B'Shteinion. And while by the Navim, you're allowed to skip from topic to topic. And in both situations, you can't keep rolling and skipping uh, once the Maturgamon finished translating. Medalgim B'Navi L'Navi. You're also not allowed to skip from one book of Navi to another. B'Navi Shal Shnei Mosar Medalgim. Unless it's from, unless it's the Shnei uh, Mosar, the 12. Nevi'im that really are in one safer, what we call Trey Asar. There you are permitted to, top of tomorrow's daf. As long as you don't go out of order. Okay? But if you stay in order, then it would uh, then it would be permitted to skip from one location to the next. And we will hold it here for today. Ben Zashem, pick up from Daf Ayin Amaralif tomorrow morning at 9.30. Agutavach. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.